Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. You're tuned in to Real-Time Relationships. Enter the world of successful relationships. You'll get insider tips on how to navigate the perils and pitfalls of modern dating and up-close-and-personal real-life stories you can relate to from Dr. Camarado's personal clients. Dr. Marianne Camarado is a relationship expert, author, and media personality who continues to enjoy her own long-term successful relationship. And now, here's Real-Time Relationships with Dr. Marianne Camarado. Welcome, everybody, to Real-Time Relationships. I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado, and I'm so glad you're here. appreciate you taking the time and offering your attention to this really important topic and inquiry today that I want to talk about, which is leadership. I can imagine it's pressing on all of us around the world. As a matter of fact, not that it's new, okay? Look, historically, this has been a concern. Uh, we just didn't have access to what was happening on every continent at every moment. So it feels that it's, it's uh, a heightened experience now when we talk about leadership and how globally connected we all are. What's certainly been pressing on me, my clients, those around me, uh, which is why uh, I wanted to talk about it today. I've invited uh, to help us explore this topic, uh, what this leadership means personally and at the cultural level, uh, with my guest today, Dr. Arthur Sear McCauley, who has written a book about this very subject um, called The Soulful Leader, Success with Authenticity, Integrity, and Empathy. He says, more than ever, we are in need of soulful leadership, and uh, he's joining me today to explore what this means, uh, what it means to be a soulful leader during what feels like an ominous cultural and political time. Um, I want to say a little bit about um, this approach, this authenticity, integrity, and empathy approach. I have to say, I, I was just in a business meeting, and uh, the gal who was running the meeting, she's always warning me not to talk about woo-woo things. You know this term, right? Woo-woo. <laughs> right? And I said, look it, Oprah has made the word soul culturally acceptable. This is no longer woo-woo, right? Thank you, Oprah. But this is something that I want to talk about as well with uh, Dr. Sarah McCauley. Look, at after 35 years of working and consulting with leaders in business education and politics and on athletic teams, he's come up with this approach, and it's working, and it's so encouraging, and he's joining us today to talk about not only his book, but what we can do, the strategies that we can include in our own lives and beyond. So welcome to the program, Dr. C. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you very much, Marianne. Thank you for having me. Yes, welcome back, I should say, actually. I know. We Always did this, a, what, a couple of years ago? That's right. Your yeah, other book, yeah. which was about performance addiction, yeah, uh, yeah. which I'm still trying to quit, you know, was really <laughs> big stuff here. 
So well, let's talk about what we mean by leadership in terms of the existing leadership paradigm. Uh, let's just start there. Well, you know, I, I really didn't think I was going to write another book, Marianne. You know from your own yeah. writing how long it takes and, and how much research and hours that have accumulated yeah. in the process. Yeah. But I've just been so disturbed by what's happening in our country and throughout the world, not only politically but in the corporate world as well. I mean, we have many studies in the corporate world that indicate that uh, three out of five CEOs and CFOs are toxic, if not more, and 70% of American workers feel that they're bullied on the job and are afraid to ask questions. The stress levels are very high in the corporate world. And politically, I mean, we see this divide where people can't be criticized, you can't have an open dialogue and brainstorm without somebody coming back and making what I consider sadistic remarks and trying to hurt the other person mm. because if anybody dare criticizes somebody on your side you have to come back and, and, and insult them uh, which I think is extremely damaging and it's a, it's a terrible model for our young people to see our leaders act like this so I think soulful leaders they don't they don't conduct themselves in that in that way I mean they conduct, conduct themselves with high integrity and they have high ethics and they certainly have empathy and compassion for other people. And they're not, they're not accustomed to leading in that way by blaming. They, they acknowledge when they make mistakes. They take responsibility for it. And because of that, they gain the respect of the people who work for them. Well, well let me jump in here. Yes, and this paints a beautiful picture, uh, a wonderful portal that everybody wants to climb through. Like, who doesn't want to be in a place where there is soulful leadership? The way you describe it is... You know, just makes everybody who's in the working world, especially in corporate America, think, oh, my God, i, I got to turn this up. How do I get to that place? Well, most typically leaders are looking for strategies, as you even admit yourself, to increase productivity. It's all about the bottom line, you know, yeah. making money versus being concerned about the cultural climate and, you know, the people yeah. in it as a priority, you say. So let's talk about, is this paradigm one that we're, all trying to scratch our way out of? Is it actually shifting? I mean, where are we at with this old paradigm? Let's call it the traditional uh, capitalistic paradigm for just a minute. Well, the irony, Marianne, is that companies who have a more empathic environment, create an empathic culture, actually have higher profits. You know, there's a number of studies which I cite in the book where um, companies that um, there's a group, there's a consulting group in, in London called the, the uh, Lady Geek, the consulting company, and they study companies across the globe for what kind of, what degree of empathy they have in their culture, and they found that the top 10 percent, the, the people at the companies in the, at the top 10, have have uh, profit margins twice as much as those in the bottom 10. Wow! Wow! And, and there's a number of studies that indicate that. Um, you know, the Harvard B School has done a number of studies that show that leaders who relate with warmth are more effective than leaders who work with aggression, and and on and on. And leaders who express kindness, it spreads by three to one. You know, if you spread, if you exemplify kindness with one person, it spreads three times over. And those environments create more happiness, and people who are happy are more creative. And you know, when people are happy, they have positive brain changes. Mm -hmm. And when people are treated with aggression and, and, and are demeaned, it causes the release of stress hormones, which limits creativity and productivity. This is, you know, the one thing that hooks in bottom line thinkers, which is that you actually, if you em employ these 
characteristics in your company, you're going to make more money, not less money. Right. So let's add this wrinkle and help us tease this out because this is an important thing. We're very complex beings, our two-legged, right? So we, you call a certain bottom-line thinkers, let's call it, again, the old paradigm way of approaching business. Yes. Many people have associated what they think is happiness with this aggressive, goal-oriented, driven, let's even add in lack of empathy for self and other, right? Yes. Um, yes. How do we get folks or invite folks to see, and this because I hear this a lot with my clients as well, that they're not going to lose their edge. This is a fear people have. Oh, you're again, I brought up the woo-woo. Oh, you're going to get me spiritual and all into this, all this stuff, and I'm going to lose my edge, and I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get where I'm trying to get, right? Mm -hmm. What do we want to say about that, that edge? Well, I think, I think people need to understand brain science. When you create an aggressive, demeaning environment, you're creating people, you're creating the stress response in others. When you create the stress response in other people, you produce cortisol. And what does cortisol do? I mean, it causes negative, obsessive thinking. It causes anxiety, depression. It actually ki kills neurons in the memory center of the brain. It doesn't make for clear thinking. Uh, when you relate with empathy, when you give and receive empathy, you produce oxytocin and serotonin, other brain chemicals that make people feel trust. It makes them feel generous. It makes them feel calm. It reduces inflammation. So, and it increases happiness. When you have increased happiness and you have brain chemistry that contributes to that, you become more creative. It's been proven that people will come to work for less money if they're in an environment like that. They'd rather be in an environment like it, that I'm describing than one where they make more money but they're treated poorly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is critical, everybody. If you're not taking notes, make sure that you understand you'll be able to listen to this again and get a copy of Dr. Sierra McCauley's new book, by the way. Don't you know why you're online for those of you who like to multitask? multitask uh, go to The Soulful Leader. Success with Authenticity, Integrity, and Empathy. It's available on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Um, Dr. C, we can see the need for change. I, I'm hearing what you're saying. It's about brain chemistry. It's about understanding this when we're a little more detached. Mm -hmm. So those of us who are working for folks, I think we're more inclined to see the need for this change. Tell us what you notice when you're in there with the big leaders, the, you know, not to name drop, but, you know, people like the Koch brothers or the, you know, the guy who owns Amazon now and all of these people who are, you know, very powerful people, uh, mm -hmm. which oftentimes we characterize people who own our company that we work for. They're power driven. How are we going to get them to change? Well, it, it's interesting because I think what happens as people age and I, I always talk about, you know, these people are trying to catch the rabbit. They're going to make more and more money, and they believe that what I call performance addicts, they believe mm -hmm. that uh, they gain more status, and that's going to bring them love and respect. As they age, they usually realize that doesn't happen. I mean, the reason people end up in my office is because their personal lives fall apart and their self-care is very poor. Yeah. I mean, think of their marriages and their relationship with yeah. their kids. I gave a talk um out in Idaho um, at the end, uh, well, it was actually in uh, the end of last year, 
and it was to 100 CEOs, and we were talking about compassion and empathy and so forth. And one of the fellows came up to me at the end. He's 76 years old. He was a retired CEO. And he said to me, you ruined, you ruined my day. And I said, what do you mean I ruined your day? He, he said, everything you're saying, I get it. I finally get it, but it's too late. I said, what do you mean? He said, I own seven companies. I'm a multimillionaire. I have more money than I'll ever need. I have two sons. They're both married. I have four grandchildren. I sent them to private schools, private colleges. My wife died six years ago, and guess what? I see my sons and their family maybe once a year. I took them on fancy vacations, New Zealand, Australia, all through Europe, but I never spent time with them. I never slowed down enough to know how to really make a relationship with them and with other people. I don't have close friends. And he looked at me, and he, and he started to mist up a little bit, and he said, is it too late? And, of course, I said no, because I believe anybody can learn to be more empathic and learn how to connect. But you look at a story like that, a 76-year-old man, owns seven companies, has all the money in the world, and as he's aged, he's realized that he knows how to achieve, but he doesn't know how to maintain intimacy, even mm -hmm. with his own family, his own mm -hmm. kids. He has no relationship with his grandkids. Mm -hmm. And he's inviting them to these fancy things, and they don't care. They don't want to go. They don't want to go to some other country. Not that they wouldn't want to go with people they feel close to, mm -hmm. but I would bet that they don't even feel like they know their dad. Right, right, you're right. And so when I'm a millennial and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, seriously, I need to wait for my boss to turn 70 before he's going to figure yeah, yeah, this yeah, out, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, oh, my God. <laughs> I, You know, our millennials that are out there in this in this world that we've, you know, been handed that we're now sort of hand ushering them into, uh, what do we want to say to these folks? Uh, are we going to wake up? What, you're seeing it. I know you are. You're out there. You're working with yeah. these folks. You are seeing yeah. these powers of strength change. Tell us about that. Tell us the trend you're seeing. Give us some hope here. Well, though the thing is, like, if, if you think of AIE leadership, authenticity, integrity, and empathy, there are more workshops and corporations today on those three subjects than anything else. Why is that? Why is it that I'm going out to give a talk in Idaho where there's 100 CEOs wanting to know how to balance their lives? They're interested. I mean, these are people in all the major companies in the country. Yep. And, it, and, it, and it really, I mean, it, it, it really raised my spirits because they're asking a 1,000 questions. And, of course, they, they weren't all in their 70s. Some of them in their late 30s, 40s, 50s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they, they know their life is not balanced. The reason they're asking somebody like me or you to talk to them is because they want to have that connection. Mm -hmm. They want to feel better. What I try to say to young people is don't idealize someone just because they're a CEO and they have a lot of money. Look at the whole of their life. Look at their relationships. Look at how they relate. Look at how they relate to you and others, and how they. And what about their personal lives? Don't you mm -hmm. want to have a balanced life? If you don't have love, and you you know this, you know if you don't know how to incorporate love into your life and know how to maintain it, you're not going to be happy. We mm -hmm. all want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, sorry, go ahead, finish that. No, I just you know, and money and status can't doesn't do that. Achievement mm -hmm. doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people that have worked so so hard to attain on such high levels. 
they're compensating for something that, that didn't happen early in their lives, you know. Yeah. They, they're trying to measure up. They have trouble yeah. with their self-esteem. And people think because they're loud and aggressive, and we certainly see that in politics now, that that, that person is confident. I try to teach young people that you have to look beyond the surface. That's where empathy comes in. Is this person really confident because they're always yeah. bragging, because they're always blaming others? Because they're always, you know, they're working to get emails at 2 o'clock in the morning. Isn't there something wrong there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, for me, when I hear that, I think about the American dream, you know, that we've all sort of seen uh, evaporate when we really look at reality. We see even, even the global uh, westernization, right, this capitalistic kind of film that's covered the whole globe now. Everybody's caught the bug with the Internet and all that. But, you know, the, the statistics still remain the same, that less than half the people on the planet make more than, what, $3 a day, I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have so much poverty. I mean, we, we are in abject poverty in so many places, yet there's something in our American mentality, in the Western mentality, that still believes when I get blank, everything will be okay. Talk a little bit about that, because that seems like the sort of the systemic lie. Right, and do you see that yes. changing? Some, I, I mean, yes. you're saying yes, but say more about that. I, I do see it changing. You know, I wrote a book several years. You know, you know the book Performance yes. Addiction, which is yep. the belief that perfecting appearance and achieving status will secure love and respect. And again, I think it begins in our families. If we don't get enough compassion and empathy and love early on, and then we hit a home run and we get the star role in a play, and our parents are clapping, we start to realize, oh, that's the way to get love. But it's a myth. It doesn't last very long. And, and that has to be seen for what it is. It has to be seen realistically and truthfully. You know, who are the people that get the most respect in life? Well, it's not just the people who are earning money but have miserable personal lives and don't know how to relate. You know, if you have good business sense and you're bright and creative, you will gather the attention of people who work for you. But it won't last very long. Unless you're authentic, you're the same person at work as you are at home, and unless you, you are you know, have some humility and grace to your personality, people won't follow your vision. They won't stay with you. But if you have those qualities and if you, if you are involved with treating everyone in your organization with kindness and respect, people will like you. They want to be around you. And even when you're not present, they take on those behaviors. They model those behaviors because those behaviors, again, make people happy. They make people creative and they make people want to be together. They want to work together in groups. And everything is so, is so group-oriented now. I mean, people, you're always doing projects with other people. And internationally now, I mean, China, India, Europe, we're engaging with people that are, come from different backgrounds. We have to find the common, the common ground. And we can only do that with empathy at play. Yeah, it feels to me like this, the iconic culture is really crumbling and this emerging we mentality, right? Um, yeah. that we've been tracking for some time. It's, it's what's here. It's what's happening. It's just a matter of making this transition from the old way, the old traditional way to the new way. And you're seeing that happen. There's evidence everywhere. Uh, we're going to go to break here in just a minute. And when we come back, I'd love to talk about what you mean by soulful, um, there are characteristics, obviously, that you've described throughout the, the beginning of the program, um, authenticity, integrity, and um, empathy. 
but I'd like to break that down some, and then I'd like to have you share with us more about what this program is, what it involves, and how we can bring it into our places of business, bring it into our personal lives. Um, when we get back after the break, what do we think? Good idea. Yes? Yes, good idea. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, everybody, take a deep breath. Yeah. Hold it at the top. Let it out. Find your feet. Transition. Take a moment. Don't grab your phone necessarily. Just take a moment to pause before we go to the break. Take this in-between time. I'm really committed to doing this, saying it out loud. Transitions, just 30-second transitions are an opportunity to reconnect with yourself, to your interior self, and just pause there for just a minute. See how that goes? We're going to break. We'll be back. Don't even listen to what the break messages have to say. It'll go in your unconscious mind anyway. Or turn it off. We're going to be right back right here on Real-Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado and Dr. Arthur Sierra McCauley right after these messages. Sit tight. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at it 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward, and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real-Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. For the best in business class travel, count on Cheapo Air. Cheapo Air has the best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service, and easy booking online or by phone. To experience your hassle-free journey, start by going to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Cheapo Air. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net back, everybody. You've tuned in to Real-Time Relationships. I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado. I'm here with Dr. Arthur Sierra McCauley. That's a lot of doctor going on. Let's just drop that and go back to the breath thing. All that means is we've spent an inordinate amount of time trying to figure stuff out, and then we want to tell you about it because we're super excited to try to help you live a more balanced life. And, Dr. C., you have been doing this for, uh, you know, three and a half decades 
in this particular way, which I have been so inspired by personally, just the way that you've characterized something that is sort of an undercurrent for all of us because it's a survival issue. And that's uh, the leadership environment, right? That's what we're talking about today. People that have some kind of important role in our lives. We have to show up because we have to eat and and survive, right? Those are our basic needs. And when we walk into a client where it is toxic and our leaders are not honoring who we are, we're not honoring ourselves, there's a problem. You have named the problem. You have a program that addresses the problem. You're saying that leadership is starting to take a a turn towards this understanding, bringing more empathy in the workplace versus that, you know, dry, bottom-line kind of uh, scenario. That being said, we've identified the problem, and you have a solution. Let's talk about what you mean by soulful leader. Uh, we were saying during the break, soul, you know, most people go, oh, that's esoteric, your soul, what is my mm-hmm. soul? I have no idea, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us what you mean by that, soulful. Well, I mean that a person who's soulful, Marianne, lives with purpose, and, and they express a desire to be of service. And, you know, that person is not primarily motivated by status or image, but they have a natural in- interest in making the most of, of all the people they encounter. Soulful people lead with passion, and, and they're, they're intimately aware of the structure of their organization. You know, they know who cuts the lawn. They know who fixes the computers. They know who they bought the copying machines from. They say hello to the secretary and, and the receptionist when they walk in the building. They're, they're interested in encountering all the people that work for them and with them. And they're interested in, in motivating from the bottom up, not from the top down. They just... They don't just relate to the people who are their peers on that top level. They want to know everyone and encounter with everyone at different times. So they speak to everyone, and no person is seen as less valuable than anyone else. Soulful people also, they lead balanced lives. They, they work with intensity, but they know how to have fun. They have what I call a dimmer switch. They, they can turn the dial down when they're not working and really enjoy the people in their lives, and they know how to relax. And they have, I think, an inherent love of young people. They love to educate, to witness the blossoming of young talent, you know, and they're the voice of reason in conflict. They, they're not quick reactors when people are not getting along or there's, there's different points of view that people are arguing or debating about. They're the person who is thoughtful, methodical, and looks at the facts. They know how to listen, and they're generally interested in understanding. So, and not only pe- people like them, but people who may be different than them. And they know that diverse groups are the most highly functioning groups. You know, if you take a group of 10 white men, 10 50-year-old white men, and you try, to de- you try to decide which products we should be selling to which population, they, they, they tend to think alike. If you, have t- 10, if you have two men, two Asian women, two black women, one man from Australia, another woman from New Zealand, and another African-American woman, and and on and on. If you start mixing up the group, you see all the variables in the world. And those groups, research has shown that those groups make better decisions and are far more creative. Yeah, and let's give a shout-out for they and them and us and the, the, the translation of ways we orient ourselves to our sexuality and identity, right? We want, we have the whole gamut going on that represents the who we are anymore, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah. Absolutely. In corporate America. So we we have we we are representing that diversity and it is representative of what products and services need to go out to the marketplace. Yet we still, as we've talked about, there's this prevailing old traditional filter uh, that exists that is shifting. Okay, that being said, a soulful leadership, a person with soul, a soulful environment is somebody who recognizes all of the characteristics and things that you mentioned. Okay, is this is this sort of pie in the sky, I want to say. I mean, I, I hear what you say, and I, in my little company, I feel like I've worked very hard to surround myself with these kinds of people, to be that kind of person in my organization where we try not to have a hierarchy, really, although somebody mm-hmm. sometimes needs to steer the ship. Um, is this, um, do you think that this is still something in business that, well, here's the, the bigger question. Why do you think people are resistant to this notion of soulful leadership? I think they're resistant, number one, is uh, many people in the corporate world are resistant because they assume that these are soft skills that are going to reduce their profit margin. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. And they have to, and I think what hooks them in, especially people who are not naturally soulful, what hooks them in is that they are when you're when you start to re- relate this way and you have an environment like this, you actually make more money, not less money, and it's mm-hmm. and it's proven, and that hooks them in, because AI leaders cause positive brain changes in themselves and others, and it creates that spirited atmosphere that in, that leads to productivity and financial gain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when they realize when they accept that because it's true, I mean when you start quoting studies from Princeton and Harvard B School and Stanford B School and so forth, they say, oh, okay, I guess you've got something there. And the brain chemistry hooks them in, too. Because, you know, when you start talking this way, it's like that older fellow who came up to me at the end of that talk that I mentioned earlier. They, they know they're not happy. Mm-hmm. They know they're not satisfied. They, they know they're making, making more money. But as they get a little older, and not very old, I mean, I see people that are in their late 30s and 40 years old who are burnt out. Because they're working 80 hours they tra- a week, they travel every week, they're, they're in hotels all the time, and sometimes I think they don't even know what city they're in. And, yeah. and, and they're so worn out and depleted, their self-care is very poor. You know, they're overweight, they tend to have high cholesterol, they particularly tend to drink too much mm-hmm. because they're trying to cope. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't exercise regularly, their nutrition is poor, their sleep habits are poor. They're drinking too much at night, then they take something to sleep, then they get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, you got to do it all over again. Or, and let's throw back in there, the addiction to the rush itself, to the performance itself. Because there are some folks who are, who are impeccable at all that and have, are soulless leaders, right? They are addicted to control, right? They're in great shape, they work out every day, they're, you know, going to Aspen to ski and da-da-da-da-da, and they're just like wired for sound. Right, so there's those folks, too, we want to throw in, because I've seen quite a few of those, right? There are those folks, but I I would almost guarantee that their relationships, their intimate relationships, suffer. Yeah. I'm going to put my money on that, too. We could retire on that one. So you can can hook in that piece, and I would also bet that their relationship with their kids is poor. Yeah, I agree, which is a critical point, and the value there, folks are not... 
they don't value the relationship, right? That's a, a priority. Their values are quite different. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of research that shows most leadership values do not include relationship. It's somewhere after outside of the, the top ten in their values. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about um, the distinction. You, you keep talking about happy, not happy. At least I'm hearing this as a, a repetition. When we get back after the break, I'm always curious about happy. You know, happy is not a static thing. I think what you're saying, and when we get back we'll talk about it, is this satisfaction, this balance, this sense of I'm okay, I'm right with the world. And and I want to hear about that because often when we're, you know, when we think we're going to be happy and we're not, some people say, well, I'd rather be rich and happy than poor. You know what I mean? And, and what mm-hmm. price do we pay for that? We get back right after this break, everybody. Just stay with us. Don't touch that dial. Dr. Sierra McCauley and I will be right back right after these messages. We're on real-time relationships talking about soulful leadership. Back in just a minute. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years and at this point I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward, and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real-Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. You have too little time to shop, so try Farm Fresh to you. They deliver organic food the way nature intended. Delivered straight to your home or office. Economically. Visit our web advertiser page and click on Farm Fresh to You now. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody. So glad you're joining us today, tonight, wherever you are on the planet, what we know is, well, I know who I am, at least my name is Marianne Camarado, Dr. Marianne Camarado, by the way, (laughs) Uh, this is kind of a private joke, actually it's not a joke, it's another show, another story, Uh, things that seem impossible we can achieve, but we're talking about leadership, though, on this program today, what it means to be a soulful leader, uh, and how that affects you and uh, our culture in general, this is a, a very interesting time on the planet. 
Some are disturbed, frightened, while others feel more empowered than ever in some way. And there certainly is a changing paradigm. Well, before we went to break, Dr. Arthur Sierra McCauley and I were, who's my guest today, we were talking about you know, what the characterizations of a soulful leader, what does that mean? And right before we went to break, because um, we were talking about happy versus not happy. When you're, you know, when you're happy and you know it, it's one thing. But when you're not, you know, something that you can hide for a certain amount of time, but then eventually it catches up with you. Well, I want to know about what do you mean by happy? And this, is happy really all that is cracked up to be? Is it, it's not a static state. We don't get to happy and then stay there. Say, say more about what you mean by happy, please. Well, I think a couple of things. One is that performance addicts think that you can pursue happy directly, happiness directly. It's, it's a product of what you achieve or the status that you gain. And I think happiness is a byproduct of being in relationships and being, especially being in giving relationships. It's, it's a byproduct of giving and being connected. So when you're, when you're giving and when you're connected to other people and when you know how to maintain lasting close relationships, whether they're at work or at home, you produce a different neurochemical change that makes you happy, but you can't pursue it directly because everyone knows, you know, achievements are short. They're fleeting. You get an award. You, you, you know, how many times have I heard if someone says, oh, if I make six figures, I'll be thrilled, and then they get mm -hmm. the six figures, and then yeah. if I make 150. <laughs> I, you know, I always do this experiment with people. They get a new car, and I have a home office, and they want me to look out the window to see the new car, you know, and then they'll mm -hmm. come in two weeks, and I'll say, oh, how's the car? And, I say, and they'll say, what? Right. The car, the new car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 great. The car's great. Let me tell you about what happened at work, you know. Right. Yeah, because what happens is, you know, it, it passes, right? It's fleeting. Love is not fleeting. When you know how to sustain love, when you know how to connect and give and receive empathy that creates that, that positive brain change and you really know how to listen empathically so that you really know another person who they are beyond the surface and <clears throat> excuse me and they know you in the same way it creates a connection that makes a person happy because exactly. they want to give to them it's a you know you know helpers high right that's you right and you receive something yeah that's beautiful it's the cocktail that the one that we really want folks it's the one that you can't <laughs> earn in the sense that you just it's not a quick fix right it's something that's yeah. enduring and it takes having a practice uh, which is what we're going to be talking about in just a minute. You know, what is this uh, program, AIE? How do I incorporate these principles in my life? But before we talk about that, I want to talk about a phenomenon that I think is interesting, the one that comes right before it. My question is, can you be a fake soulful leader, right? Can you try to fake it? And how does that go over? Have you seen that work for anybody? You, you can try to fake it. Um, it doesn't generally work because it, it only will work if you're around people that have little empathy and tend to idealize because they don't see beyond the surface. It gets mm -hmm. back to the, what we were talking about earlier, Marianne, the people who are aggressive and always bragging and loud voices and so forth, very dominant and controlling in interactions. Uh, you know, some people will say, oh, boy, he really knows how to get what he wants. But anybody who has been around that person for a time for a significant amount of time sees through it and they know it's not authentic that's where that's where the pretending fails it's it's like a lousy salesman you know they'll they'll keep at you know i used to at one point i worked for a hospital that became a for-profit hospital 
and we used to have these people coming in from the south, and and every time they'd come in, they, you know, we'd go to these meetings where they would check out how much money we're bringing in. And I had this CFO from down south, and he'd come in. And he goes, "How's your sons? How's your sons?" And I'd always say, "Oh, great, great. I don't have any sons." But but he never he never listened to me. <laughs> and my colleague used to say to me, "Why do you always say great when he asks about your sons?" I said, "Because he doesn't care. He's just, he's just trying to make he's trying to pretend that he's authentic and that he cares. He doesn't care." I told him I don't have sons twice. Did he remember? No. Right. So we do the son routine every time he'd come every quarter. Right. Right. Well, you know, so he was faking it. Like, I have interest yeah. in your family, the sons right. that I don't have. It, it right. didn't really play very yeah. well. The fake it till you make it think isn't yeah. going to go over here, gang, right? We actually need to do this work. This work is what we're going to talk about next, and I love your stories. Your book is filled with really great stories and examples of why we need to develop these qualities, these values, and how we can move and change, right, how we can create the awareness, set the intention, and then integrate this into our lives. So let's talk a little bit about the program AIE and uh, how it was born and what it actually is. You've sort of alluded to it uh, for the first several parts of the show, but now let's get into the nitty-gritty. Well, I've been doing leadership and communication groups for over 30 years. You know, I have three different groups. And they're of different ages, uh, you know, 25 to 35, then late 30s to late 40s, then, then early 50s to late 70s. So usually I take in people from the corporate world, and we talk about these kinds of issues because they want to learn. And what happens is that they, they, they move from changing sort of an old story to a new story. You know, most of these people who are so driven and, and have unbalanced lives grew up understanding or believing that that achievement is the way to feel better and to gain love and respect and what they realize when they're in these groups where we don't we don't talk about people's resumes your titles or where you went to school it's all based on how you are there are 10 people in one room there's no socialization outside the room it's the same people every week and they come to know each other very very well and over time they come to know who they are today because a lot, we all grow up with biases, and in these programs we learn what the biases are. Because if you grew up thinking you're not attractive, you're not athletic, you're not very creative, you're not very intelligent, you'd be surprised at how many people on very high levels still think that way. But because they can achieve and they are capable, it kind of masks their vulnerabilities. In these groups, their vulnerabilities are, re are revealed. And they come to see that they, they, they do measure up in certain ways, or they will more so as they develop better relationship skills. Mm. Yeah, one of the things you just made me think of is you know, Freud's brilliance in saying, and I'll just paraphrase you, that we recreate our family dynamics wherever we go. Well, when you're in a corporate environment or a work environment, there you sort of voila, suddenly constellated the family dynamic again so we can try to heal it. Yes. Yes. And your groups really invite people to uh, look at that deeper, more soulful kind of material uh, and with each other to bring up neuroscience again, using those mirror neurons to help create a loving, empathetic environment where we can actually let go of those old stories, heal those old stories, um, rewrite the narrative, try things yes. on, practice, all those kinds of things happen in your group, right? Yes, yes. 
And you can conduct these kind of workshops in a corporation, in a business. Um, gave. Yeah, keep going. Finish that thought. I was just asked, you know, recently, uh, how do you, how do you incorporate? I was we were talking about these things in a, in a talk, and one of the fellows set up, well, how do I do this in my company? I said, well, you have to have some people who are going to help you develop this. You can't go to a workshop for two hours and then carry That's it home. Right. Think it's going to get integrated among a thousand people. That's and right. You Hold have that to have thought. The program. Exactly. The program that we're going to talk about some more when we come back after the break. Sit tight, everybody, or sit loose, or sit, or stand, or do whatever you need to do. Keep breathing in and out. We'll be right back right here on Real-Time Relationships in just a minute. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50 and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. For all your live or pre-recorded webcasting needs, come to earthchannel.com. Get your web-based message out to a select group or the whole world. It's easy. A pioneer in webcasting, earthchannel.com provides the best products and services to big corporations and government users. And now this same technology is available to you. They have the best Earthcast encoders, servers, and products to meet your technical needs. But wait, don't want to mess with technical stress? No problem. They'll do it for you. EarthChannel.com is your answer. You can use webcasting for lots of things like advertising, marketing, customer support, training, and don't forget, web radio and TV. In fact, you're listening to a live EarthCast right now. So come to EarthChannel.com. Actualize your audio or video webcasting needs today. You can't beat the friendly service or the price. Call EarthChannel.com at 1-800-849-8978. That's 1-800-849-8978. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net Everybody, I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado. Joining me today, Dr. Arthur Sear McCauley. He's written a book titled The Soulful Leader, Success with Authenticity, Integrity, and Empathy. Oh, yeah, if you're not writing those down, you're online getting a copy of this book because this is a trend. This is the way of the future. 
We are in a transition in this culture from the inside out, I want to call it. We are moving. If the train has left the station, and if you're not on board the train, you are really going to suffer. Okay, that sounded awful, but it's true. <laughs> They're likely going to suffer. Well, we know because people are suffering. The old paradigm isn't working. So, yeah, so let's pick up kind of where we left off, which was, where were we? We were talking about, uh, yeah, just kind of the, the, the effect that this has on us uh, in the group dynamic when we're introducing these new skills and how we can actually take this program into our own lives uh, and, and see the benefit of it. So so what if we don't belong to your group or we're in a corporation and they don't have this program? What do you what do you recommend for us? Well, I, you know, I, in this in this book, you know, I'm not just talking about leadership in business, but leadership anywhere, leadership as a parent, leadership in any local organization or in a community organization that you belong to or your church or synagogue. And, it's at one time or another we're in leadership positions and and sometimes we are just in a friendship because we're we're taking a leadership role to help someone else so it's trying to integrate these these qualities into your life and knowing that it will it's, it it will have a positive effect on you and it will have a positive effect on others so it's it's relevant anywhere empathy is is the one capacity i think that makes you when you expand your empathic range it increases your happiness and success professionally and personally. I don't think there's any capacity that's more important to develop. I agree with you 100%. Let's give some advice to folks with a couple of scenarios. And your book is filled with great scenarios. Say your boss or whoever's leading you right now is really trapped in that old paradigm. And you are on the fence. You're like, you know what, this feels like a toxic environment to me. I don't know what to do. What do we do? How do we approach these folks? Well, Is there well, anything we can do? Well, I mean, the, sometimes you, 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 you have an open interaction with certain people, and you can see that it might make a difference. One of the most difficult things in the corporate world, and I have several clients right now in this position, where they're making a lot of money, but they are working for a toxic leader. They're actually in a toxic environment, and, and you have to make a very difficult choice. You know, when you have competency and abilities, there's someone else who will hire you as well, but people get locked into the money and the fear that they can't transfer anywhere and also that maybe you need to make a little less money and be more happy, be more yeah. content. Have you more get hostage. Yourself, yes, you know? exactly, and you get held hostage in that scenario. Yes, yes, you do. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, I don't love that. It's a challenging scenario and... There are other alternatives for sure. Okay, what about the leader who's listening right now and they're saying, oh, my gosh, I kind of see that I have not been the most soulful leader. I want to get this program going in my company or I want to find out more. Where do we go? What do we do? Aside from buying the book, The Soulful Leader, Success with Authenticity, Integrity, and Empathy, how do we, how do we get more from you? Start to form small groups and not all people at the top, but mix it up. A CFO with a receptionist and uh, somebody who's leading a different department than you're associated with. Get, get together in groups of five or seven people and have a weekly conversation about establishing these qualities, integrity, ethics, teaching people and practicing with each other how to listen more attentively, how to be humble when, you're, when you know that you've made a mistake and allowing people and encouraging people to acknowledge it. 
mm-hmm. um, and, and yet and yet also having some fun you know the, being intensely serious when you need to be but also you know there are funny things that happen at work it's okay to laugh it's okay to smile it's okay to, okay to see the humor in the way way you're relating at times mm-hmm. loosen mm-hmm. up the environment but get together in small groups make it happen and and sometimes maybe you need to call in a facilitator to help to get it going to get it established but when you do that throughout a company, and of course it's easier in small, smaller companies because the, the numbers aren't so great, but it will have a ripple effect. It will start to translate to larger and larger numbers of people. But yeah. I think you have to make a consistent effort to establish this. I agree. And, you know, like I always say, great relationships begin within, right? So whatever we're doing, all that interior work you're doing on yourself, it will either I say people grow or they go. It will, you will either leave that toxic environment and you will be attracted and others will be attracted to you. You will find your right place. That's what I want to say to you. Dr. Sierra McCauley, what are your hopes about this cultural political climate we're in? Oh, boy. Do we have a couple of days? Um, <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my last book, uh, The Stress Solution, took me three years to write. This book, my, my, my publisher said, did you write it all day and all night? Because I, I had this burning passion to say something about what's going on right mm. now. And it probably took me five weeks to write the first draft and, and working full time. Wow. Um, I, I'm very disturbed, but, you know, I, I meet with a diverse group of people every week, and, and certainly some people, a third of my clients are from other countries. I, I don't, I don't, there's not one person that comes into my office that doesn't mention what's going on right now. And that's never happened in my career. Yeah. I believe in, in American spirit. I believe in the spirit of human beings. I think people are born good and, and have goodness in their hearts. I think the majority of people do not like what's happening. I think the majority of people are, are all-inclusive. They don't want to uh, adhere to this view that it's only us that we care about and then it's, it's us and them, that kind of mentality, black and white mentality. I think that way of thinking is dangerous. And I think it destroys the human spirit. But I think people are rising. People want to speak more. I think people are paying more attention than ever in my lifetime to what's happening politically. And I think people want to be more involved than ever in my lifetime. And I see that on a weekly basis. People mm-hmm. getting involved in their own communities. People mm-hmm. wanting to join different political groups. And I think more people are reading and watching the news and wanting this to be different than it is because this is not who we are. We, we're the leaders of the free world. This is not who we are. That's right. What do you want to leave us with? We're at the top of the hour. Well, just that, um, you know, make empathy and IAE leadership uh, a central part of your life. You know, be the change, and it will cause a ripple effect in your homes and in your organization. And remember, it's not a theoretical change. It, it has, it's an active process. You have to do something with it. You have to put empathy and authenticity into action. And if you do, you become part of making a better world and a better organization. Gorgeous. Beautiful invitation. Wonderful words to take to heart and soul. Get a copy of The Soulful Leader, Success with Authenticity, Integrity, and Empathy. You can get the book wherever fine books are sold, on Amazon.com, etc., Dr. Sarah McCauley, I'm such a fan. I'm just delighted that you took time in between your busy, very busy day to join us and share your wisdom with us. We were so grateful here uh, on the West Coast, on the other continents where folks are tuning in. And uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm, I'm well, super thank grateful. Thank you so much.
Yeah. Thank you very much, Doctor. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome, Doctor. And you're welcome back anytime we want to hear your next book. Not, it sounds like okay. it might be few and far between. Okay. But come back and, and join us another time. You're, you're very kind, and you're so easy to relate to, and you're so insightful. So uh, I, it's always a joy for me. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, sit tight. We're going to go to break. I'll be back for our wrap right after these messages. Back in just a minute. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. Do you have relationship questions? I wish my past relationships didn't affect my relationships now to the point that I project them onto my partner. I'm perpetually single. What does that mean? You know, I've been single for 15 years, and at this point, I can hardly even imagine what intimacy and total connection would even feel like. The part of my relationship with a man that I've had in my life for so many years that keeps me here and present is that the relationship is not just about me, about us. We come in at 50-50, and it feels so good when you can help that other person move forward and they can help you. To get answers to your relationship questions, call in to Real Time Relationships with Marianne Camarado every fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on HealthyLife.net. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. Soulful leadership. What do we think about that? I can feel it. I, I think that uh, no matter what you're doing in your life, you're a leader. You're the leader of your own life. You might be a parent, a teacher, uh, head of an organization. You might uh, be a dog walker. You might be, I don't even know what it is, but all of the things that you're doing, but you are leading and you know what it's also like to be led I love Dr. Sarah McCauley's advice. Let's be the change we want to see. Let's enjoy that rippling effect. We hope you'll tune in again and again here at Real Time Relationships. I'm Dr. Marianne Camarado. Check out our website, MarianneCamarado.com, for more information, uh, other showtimes, and our archive, which is filled with amazing, brilliant, loving, authentic, empathetic uh, folks who have dedicated their lives to help make yours a better one. We'll see you next time. Be well.